Section 2 of Trips in the Life of a Locomotive Engineer This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rita Boutros Trips in the Life of a Locomotive Engineer by Henry Dawson A Close Shave Several times during my life I have felt the emotions so often told of, so seldom felt by any man, when, with death apparently absolute and inevitable, immediate and inglorious, staring me full in the face, I forgot all fears for myself, dreamed not of shuddering at the thought that I soon must die, that the gates of death were swung wide open before me, and that with a speed and force against which all human resistance was useless i was rushing into them i knew that i was fated with the rest but i thought only of those behind me in my charge under my supervision then chatting gaily watching the swift receding scenery thinking perhaps how quickly they would be at home with their dear ones and not dreaming of the hideous panorama of death so soon to unroll the tinkle of the bell for the starting of which i seemed to hear the first sad scene the opening crash of which was sickening my soul with terror and blinding me with despair for I knew that those voices, now so gay, now so happy, would soon be shrieking in agony, or muttering the dying groan. I knew that those faces, now so smiling, would soon be distorted with pain, or crushed out of all semblance to humanity, and I was powerless to avert the catastrophe. All human force was powerless, nothing but the hand of god stretched forth in its omnipotence could avert it and there was scarce time for a prayer for that for such scenes last but a moment though their memory endures for all time i remember well one instance of this kind i was running on the r and w road in the east a great sabbath school excursion and picnic was gotten up and i was detailed to run the train the children of all the towns on the road were assembled and when we got to the grove in which the picnic was to be held we had eighteen cars full as they could hold of the little ones all dressed in their holiday attire and brimful of mirth and gaiety I drew the train in upon the switch, out of the way of passing trains, let the engine cool down, and then went into the woods to participate in the innocent pleasures of the day. The children very soon found out that I was the engineer, and, as I liked children, and tried to amuse them, it was not long before I had a perfect troop at my heels, all laughing and chatting gaily to Mr. Engineer, as they called me. They asked me a thousand questions about the engine, and one and all tried to extort a promise from me to let them ride with me several declaring to me in the strictest confidence their intention of becoming engineers and their desire above all things that i should teach them how so the day passed most happily 
the children swung in the swings romped on the grass picked the flowers and wandered at their own sweet will all over the woods a splendid collation was prepared for them at which i too sat down and liked to have made myself sick eating filipinas with the billies freddies mollies and matties whose acquaintance i had made that day and whose pretty faces and sweet voices would urge me in a style that i could not find hard to resist to eat a filipino with them or just to taste their cake and see if it wasn't the goodest i ever saw but the day passed as happy or unhappy days will and time to start came round we had some trouble getting so many little folks together and it was only by dint of a great deal of whistling that all my load was collected i was much amused to see some of the little fellows contempt at others more timid than they who shut their ears to the sound of the whistle and ran to hide in the cars innumerable were the entreaties that i had from some of them to let them ride on the engine only this once but i was inexorable the superintendent of the road who conducted the train came to me as i was about ready to start and told me that as we had lost so much time collecting our load i had better not stop at the first station from whence we had taken but a few children but push on to the next where we would meet the down train and send them back from there another reason for this was that i had a heavy train and it was a very bad stop to make lying right in a valley at the foot of two very heavy grades so off i started the children in the cars swinging a dozen handkerchiefs from every window all happy as i had good running ground and unless i hurried was going to be quite late in reaching my journey's end i pulled out and let the engine do her best so we were running very fast about forty-eight miles an hour before arriving at the station at which i was not to stop I passed through a piece of heavy wood, in the midst of which was a long curve. On emerging from the woods, we left the curve and struck a straight track, which extended toward the station some forty rods from the woods. I sounded my whistle a half-mile from the station, giving a long blow to signify my intention of passing without a stop, and never shut off for i had a grade of fifty feet to the mile to surmount just as i passed the station and i wanted pretty good headway to do it with eighteen cars i turned the curve shot out into sight of the station and there saw what almost curdled the blood in my veins and made me tremble with terror a dozen cars heavily laden with stone stood on the side track and the switch at this end was wide open i knew it was useless but i whistled for brakes and reversed my engine i might as well have thrown out a fish-hook and line and tried to stop by catching the hook in a tree for running as i was and so near the switch a feather laid on the wheels would have stopped us just as soon as the brakes i gave up all I did not think for a moment of the painful death so close to me. I thought only of the load behind me. 
I thought of their sweet faces, which had so lately smiled on me, now to be distorted with agony, or pale in death. I thought of their lithe limbs, so full of animation, now to be crushed and mangled and dabbled in gore. I thought of the anxious parents, watching to welcome their smiling, romping darlings home again doomed though to caress only a mangled crushed and stiffened corpse or else to see the fair promises of their young lives blasted for ever and to watch their darlings through a crippled life twas too horrible i stood with stiffened limbs and eyeballs almost bursting from their sockets frozen with terror and stared stonily and fixedly as we rushed on when a man gifted it seemed with superhuman strength and activity darted across the track right in front of the train turned the switch and we were saved i could take those little ones home in safety i never run an engine over that road afterwards the whole thing transpired in a moment but a dozen such moments were worse than death and would furnish terror and agony enough for a lifetime End of section 2